0: Thank you for joining In The Vine Dating Podcast with host Melissa Chavez, where we'll be inviting different guests to answer all of your questions about Christian dating and relationships, and of course, discussing our upcoming dating mixers and events. For more information, you can visit our website at inthevinedating.com. And if you enjoyed today's episode, don't forget to show your support and like, share, and subscribe.
1: Hi everybody, welcome to In The Vine Dating Podcast. It is your host, Melissa Chavez, and here with me I have... Shekinah, Yesi,
2: Denise.
1: You know, it really bothers me that I'm the only one that says my last name. (laughs) Like, I just started the ball like that, and here we are, but whatever, I guess I can't be a cool brand like you guys. (laughs) Anyway, welcome, everybody, to our Thursday podcast. We hope that you had an awesome Thanksgiving. Sorry, this thing's wrapping around my foot here. Um, We hope that you had an awesome Thanksgiving and that you were able to share it with your family, or if you had to work, I'm so sorry. Yes, you and I remember those JCPenney days. Black Friday used to be my favorite, though.
3: Yes, mine too. Yeah. A lot of fun, yeah. It was, like, very, um, like, high adrenaline. It was just so much fun. Yeah. Yeah. But it was annoying because it was, like, snowing outside and you had, like, the perfect time with your family and then you had to just rush out and Mm -hmm. go work.
1: Yeah. And then um, at least JCPenney would feed us. Yes. Um, Good food. Yeah, some good food, so... Aww, and I'm we would so have nice. first
3: dibs on all Black Friday stuff. Yeah. You would just hide it.
1: Oh you would gosh. hide it in the back. Yeah. And then to- you would go buy it on your lunch. <laughs> I used to work in the jewelry department, so we would have stacks on stacks on stacks. It was so cool. <laughs> anyway, so we hope you had some good Black Friday shopping <laughs> or Cyber Monday sales. Um, so, yeah. Did you ladies have a good week? A good. <laughs> I'm thinking about the last podcast. Where I was like, I'm going to your parents' house. <laughs> so glad we could help you. Yeah. <laughs> Host you in your time of need. That was really funny. That was really funny. Um, okay, so it's Thursday, which means that we had our Monday podcast, Who's in the Vine, released on Monday. And you guys finally got to hear from the voice of reason herself, Pastor Linda. And it was kind of nerve-wracking. I'm not going to lie. Like, it was because, you know, you, want, you just want to make sure that you do people justice. Yes. And um, an hour was not enough in order for us to be able to put on display the amazingness that is Pastor Linda, but she sure did a good job. Yeah. Right. What did you guys think?
3: I thought it was really funny. I thought um, just, just the dynamic, obviously. It felt like you were just sitting next to her and just talking to her. Yeah. Like there was no camera. There was no mic. It was just like your guys' authentic relationship already, but it's just being displayed for,
0: you know, everyone in here and yeah. see. Yeah. What about you, Shike? Well, it's my mom. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I love it. I love having my parents go up there because we do talk about their leadership so often. Yes. And to um, finally get them uh, on the podcast and the camera um, recorded is just awesome. And to everything that we've kind of been talking about, Yeah. to hear it come from the original voices, if you will, is actually really cool. And so I'm just, I love my parents. I'm so close to them <laughs> and I'm so proud to be their daughter. So It's just awesome that I get to have a mom that people regard so highly. Yeah, Yeah.
1: I agree. Uh, Not destiny. (laughs) What the heck? The other daughter. (laughs) What did you think?
2: I agree. I agree with what um, all of you ladies said. I think it was really cool to finally hear, you know, from the voice herself. Yes. Um, and I'm just excited for us to really talk about it. There's so much that um, can be said, but, I mean, we'll just wait and get to it.
1: Yeah. <laughs> uh, just so that you guys know, we had some trouble condensing our timeline for today. Um, just because a lot of the things that P. Lynn said, we just felt like we could have dived, dived, dived dove in, div. div. <laughs> I'm an English major. <laughs> um, we could have gone in. Dug deeper into it. <laughs> there you go. Dug deeper into it. When all else fails, choose a different word. Um, so yeah, so the things that we're gonna talk about are definitely geared more towards our single people today, um, just because I feel like, Pil- well, Pelin has so much um, diverse counseling, <laughs> but we just really wanted to hone uh, this part of it in, and so we hope that you guys enjoy our topics of conversation, and as always, we wanna encourage you to send in your comments, your suggestions, your concerns. If you have any criticism, let us know. We're more than happy to ignore, I mean, take it. <laughs> take it. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. We're really good with this, I promise. Um, I'm feeling pretty feisty today. You are. I'm a little, can we trade?
3: And right next to her. We should just give her
1: coffee. This is her off of coffee. I think it was a kombucha. It's the holiday cheer kombucha. Anyway, okay, so the first thing that I'm going to bring out from her interview was figuring out your own core values. And so this was um, us talking about the list, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm so glad I got to ask her, do you believe in the list or not? <laughs> and I think she gave like a good balanced perspective, right, where it was like, well, the list should really come down to like your own core values, not your personal preferences. I added that extra part because it makes sense. Yeah. But so what did you ladies think about that? I'll start with Denise.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think that's really, really important because anytime you go into a relationship, I mean, even just friendships, it doesn't have to be a, a courtship, just oh, friendships good. in itself. Um, it's important to know what your core values are because that, in essence, that's what it, the foundation that it's built upon. So if we're not going to have that strong foundation, it's, at some point, it's just going to be wrecked. And not only that, but at some point, either you're going to suck that person into your lifestyle or that person's going to you know, be sucked, or, you know what I mean, right, it's going right. to be Somebody's going to be sucked into somebody's lifestyle. So I think, you know, laying down the core foundation is, is key to any relationship.
1: Yeah, for sure. And it's I don't think it's things that you think about, right, that often, especially when you're starting off a new friendship or start investing time with people. At least before, it wasn't something that I would be like, oh, like, let me put this at the forefront. It wasn't until the relationships were established and all of a sudden you're, like, wilding out together and it's like, oh, maybe I shouldn't have not gone down this path, right? <laughs> it's why the Christian, like, teenage girl ends up, like, getting in with the wrong crowd or vice versa, right? I think your dad kind of has, like, a similar testimony, something about that? Am I tripping?
0: Yeah, no, I mean, he, I, he, yeah. had, his, he had his testimony, yeah.
1: <laughs> for sure. He was out getting a testimony. Yeah. Um, what do you think, Yessi? I think it's really great
3: that she shared um, at least her thoughts on the list because she did share that she thinks that people should definitely stick to their standards. Um, and I think having standards is definitely a necessity in any relationship,
1: yeah, yeah. What about you, Shaking?
0: No, I I totally agree. It's what we covered um, in a previous podcast when we talked about the list of. My mom was the one that taught me that your list isn't a mail order. Hmm. Um, you know, list. It's not what you give to God and go, "Okay, make it." You know, um, it was. It's just about standards. It's about what you know God has for you, and the standards that you know are deal breakers. And yeah. it, it's again, it's not about giving it to God, going, make this for me. It's about holding you accountable to what you know God has for you. And so I, I really, um, that's what I've always been taught and coming from my mom just
1: makes sense. <laughs> right, that's really good. So um, I kind of called out myself and Caitlin when we were in the middle of the, of the interview, but if somebody were to ask you like, what are your five common, or maybe uh, maybe three, let's say three core values, what would you ladies say? On the spot. Yeah
0: i can I can list two right off the bat.
1: Okay. Um, faith and integrity would mm. be my top two right away. That's good. what about I mean, you already have your man's, but
3: i w- I would say family honesty and um uh, respecting our you know our position in our lives mm. yeah.
2: That's, good.
1: That's good. Oh, yeah, you're really good at that uh denise
2: um I mean, I think the obvious one is having a fear of the Lord. Mm. Um, but I think having a willing and open heart is key for me because I feel like you can really work with somebody who has an open and willing heart, um, definitely being integral and trustworthy and, um, a core value for me, it's communication, being able to have dialogue.
1: Yeah, yeah that's okay. really good. Um, I should probably answer, huh? So I think for me, deaf, obviously like the fear of the Lord or serving the Lord Mm -hmm. um a second one is family which is interesting because I remember when I first started like um opening my heart up to like dating or whatever family was like the last thing because since I didn't come from like a whole family um to me that was like on the back burner which is crazy right because being with a spouse is family so that to me is wild and then the third one is love of country am I right (laughs) I'm a snap for that. Very on brand. <laughs> Very on brand. <laughs> okay. So, and I really like that she said also because, um, which goes back to the mail order thing where it's like, I feel like when people put a lot of these crazy requirements, right away what they're doing is they're setting themselves up for nobody to be able to meet those things, right? Mm-hmm. So in a way, it's a way of like putting up these like barriers that nobody can cross. And then, but what happens I feel like is they start possibly, right? being angry at God because it's like, well, these people that come in, like they're not meeting the standards and like you holify yourself or you make it seem more spiritual than it really is. But in reality, what you're doing is you're putting up these barriers so that nobody can like really, where you don't have to put yourself in a place of vulnerability, right? Mm-hmm. And so when she said that, I thought that that was really, que- really <laughs> key. <laughs> um, okay, the next uh, thing that we talked about was waiting for marriage to answer or to ask the tough questions. And I think we might have touched on this in the previous podcast where um, people think that getting married fixes all the problems, mm-hmm. when in reality, um,
3: it amplifies them. That's what ooh. P. always says. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She says, once you get married, it it gets amplified. Oof. And I remember, Denise, <laughs> I'm going to share some advice that you've given me that Satan will try so hard to get you in bed before mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. then get you out of bed once you're married. So, the- so it's, it's, it's just
1: amplified yeah. yeah no that's that's actually really good and I'm um, having these questions like it is really difficult right but as we talked about in the in the podcast in the interview with her it's like a lot of people think that oh we'll figure it out when we get there oh we'll yeah. figure it out once we got that road but mm-hmm. at th- at that moment like the tensions are already super high right because now you have so much on the line now it's like well no we've already made this commitment so now there's that added on layer of fear that added on layer of commitment that added on layer of so whatever the case may be, so having the tough conversations, although easier said than done, can definitely save you from, like, a whirlwind of trouble. And so, um, Shakay, I'm sure you have a lot to say about this. Oh, yeah. Um,
0: no, for sure. I, it's, it's actually a really common – it is a really common thought to think mm-hmm. that once we get married, then we'll work on our issues, or once we get married, then we can follow up with these things, and um, I'm the kind of girl that – I'm, I'm I'm a little much on the first date. She's the one that asked
1: the credit (laughs) score. The credit score.
0: No, I'm not. I mean, I never asked credit score, but I think I should. (laughs) It's a good question. But no, I I will admit I can be a little much on the first date, but that's because, um, one, that's how I was raised. And two, I really, I have seen so many of my friends my age or even older who do start dating somebody they're into this relationship, they have strong feelings for each other, and then they find out, oh, they have a bad family dynamic, mm. or they have certain core values that I don't agree with, but there's feelings involved. And when your feelings are that heavily involved at that point, you start to convince yourself to kind of navigate and sway away from those core values. And that's always uh, broken my heart with some very close friends who I've seen just get completely turned away from their relationship with God or um, I've, I've a lot of my friends even lost their virginity um, to people that they didn't end up staying with mm. because of that very thing because they didn't establish from the very beginning of where do you stand on this and when they did get to that point of that discussion and those feelings started coming into play um, they started kind of swaying you know well I really like him he's a really great guy he's you know, we go to church together, and I guess he didn't really know, and I, I guess I can, and it's sad. It's really, really sad, and so because of that, I've always been so strict um, to communicate that from the very beginning, and I've had people, I've had guys call me a little much, which is fine, and it's just right there. It just showed me, if you think that's much, dude, like it gets worse from here. <laughs>
1: wait till you meet the dad
0: yeah I was like wait till you meet my dad I was like you can't handle me yeah. <laughs> um so yeah I get a little I, I have a speech prepared you know I was like I let them know this is who I am this is my belief system my cores and buddy I will not sleep with you unless it's our wedding night you know what I yeah. mean and so I make that very very clear and um yeah honestly I've, I've been called a little much and I've, I've had people like we're just on a date I go, I'm not ready to propose to you anytime soon. I'm like, you're not ready to propose to me at all, buddy. <laughs> 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 Ever. <laughs> yeah. And I admit it, I, I can look at it from a third person and I'm like, I am a little <laughs>
1: much, yeah. but
0: it really has um, created a healthy boundary of people who just right away, we can make that decision. Is this gonna work or not? Um, and so that's why I've always been strict about it. I haven't changed my stance on that at all. I'm sorry for those future guys out there. Um, I just I let let it be known where I stand and but it's it's been nothing but helpful for me. Yeah. And I've seen nothing but positive fruit as a result. And it lets you know as the gentleman where I stand. And now there doesn't have to be that guessing game, those those yeah. you know what I mean, of like where do I play, where do I where are the boundaries, where do I you know what I mean? Um we can just know right from the beginning of okay, can we move forward from
1: here, knowing that these boundaries are already set. Okay, so I'm gonna Play a little bit of a devil's advocate here. Do it. So what is the difference between that and having some crazy requirements?
0: Give me an example.
1: So, for example, we just talked about, um, like, the, having, like, the crazy requirements, like, an extensive list, right? And then ha- And then, using, like, the, your black and whites, your Common cores, is mm-hmm. like, um, what is the difference in the approach? The difference in the approach, um, I'm not sitting there
0: reading my list, first of all. You know, I'm not just like, all right, buddy, you know, um, for me, like I'm, I'll give an example. Um, for me, my core values are, um, just by one, how I'm raised and just things that that are very important to me right off the bat is no drinking, no smoking, um, no sex. Uh And, um, I value my faith with God above everything. And that that's displayed in my consistency with going to church, my, um, um, family time, my tradition, you know, that kind of thing. So yeah. that's kind of where I leave it, is let me just let you know who I am and my core values from there. If you're okay with that, yeah. from there we can slowly get to know each other. We can slowly get to understand the, you know, the deeper, more in-depth things. And, okay, where does that where does that come from and that kind of thing. But, um, I mean, as far as the list, the, the common list, that the stereotypical list, I should yeah. say, that so many people have come to know is, I'm not sitting there going, like, okay, does he have dark hair? Right. Does he have this? Does he have that? Is he 6'4"? Is he that? No. Um, these are core values that will never change ever with anybody who, whether I'm in a friendship or a relationship or anything, um, and those are what I want to communicate right off the bat because I know that not everybody agrees with those things or mm-hmm. has a different view on those things. And I always end my little speech, if you will, with <laughs> if these are things that you value in your life or that you look forward to having in your future relationships, I completely respect it. It's just right now, now we know that this isn't going to work between us. Yeah. And so I think that's where the difference comes into is that goes back to just having basic standards. Know where your core values are. List those deal breakers. And don't be afraid to list those deal breakers out. You don't have to do it as early as I do, maybe not a first date conversation. Again, I recognize a little
1: much. <laughs> <laughs> but it also takes a lot for you to say yes. Yeah. So, I mean, and the reason why I asked that wasn't just to make you like trip up or anything, but no. I think it's important for people to understand that there is a difference between having standards and having barriers. Yes. Right. Because standards keep you at a place of value and barriers keep you at a place of shelter. Like. Yes. And so, um, and also, I wanted to put that into context where it's like, you know, you're not dating around whoever, like the first person that comes up. It's you, when you have already said yes to a date, you've already kind of, uh, what's the word? Like, there's a word, specific word. But you've already, like, scoped them out, right? Like, yeah. you already know who they are. They've already been a part of your life a little bit to the point where you're like, okay, like, this is worth looking into. Yeah. yeah you know absolutely. what I mean? So it's not like a random stranger, right? Yeah.
0: And no, like you said, that there's a difference between having those core values and um, just putting up, using excuses to put up walls. Yeah. A lot of women do that as well. If, if you're not this, this, that, or that, the other thing, they use an excuse to push everybody away. And that's yes. not healthy either. So that's what I'm saying. It has to be core values and deal breakers. But if you're just listing up things that are impossible for any guy to reach, well, then that's something that, and again, this goes both ways for both men and women. Right. Um, but that's just something that you need to look within yourself is if you're finding that absolutely nobody seems to meet these standards, then you really need to take a que- you need to ask yourself those questions of, are these healthy standards or am I just putting up walls and using that as an excuse yeah. to keep people at an arm's length? Yeah, that's good.
1: So this is a beautiful transition into her answer into what is courting. Mm-hmm. Um, and courting is not fun <laughs> um, it, but it's definitely there's a lot of value in it right and there's a lot of reason why that has worked for so long. And so yeah, I would love to start off with you.
3: <laughs> I really love that um, it's so funny that you told her y- yes, you said that courting sucks and it's funny because she used to work at a coffee shop and I would go in on after work right and something happened with courtship and you can't be in the same car together because those are the boundaries that we had set from the beginning. So Pelin helped us be accountable to that, right? And then you see other people amongst your own circle and they're dating and they're in the same car and then they show up and then they get coffee. <laughs> and you're like, well, why do they get to do that and I don't? And she would be like, we're focused on you, focus on your relationship, don't focus on them. They have their own things to go through. And I would just keep thinking that and I would keep telling her, I could write a whole book about how courting sucks. <laughs> and she's like, when you get married, you're going to really not think that. Like, you're going to cherish these moments. And mm. I do. I really do. I, I cherish those moments of, of courtship and, and something that really changed my perspective on wanting courtship because when you're, once you're in it, it's hard and you want to quit. Mm. You, you want to do the easy route yeah. because you've dated in the world. So you quickly Mm. wanna go back to your old ways, your old tendencies, but it's so worth it staying in courtship. (laughs) But I remember um, Pastor Shiloh and Pastor David, they were our youth ministry, right? Uh, Young Young adults, adults, sorry, actually young adults ministry. And they put that movie, remember Old Fashioned? Oh, I don't think oh, I ever yeah. saw it. They put them, remember oh, they had a movie crazy. night? And yeah. it was called Old Old Fashioned, and it was like a 2014 um, movie, and it was very cheesy. Cheesy Christian movie. Oh my gosh, so <laughs> cheesy. And I remember we were all watching it, having our popcorn, and the guy, he had like a bad past. And in the movie, he wanted to be very like he wanted to completely change his life he moved to a new city he wanted to do everything new and he wanted to have God as a center in everything Mm -hmm. and there was a girl who he rented his top apartment to and she liked she was free-spirited and wanted to push his boundaries and she wasn't like a believer like him Mm -hmm. and he had to come fix something for her and he's like I can't go out there until you come outside and I can go in there Mm -hmm. like very old-fashioned And I cried after I watched that movie, right? Because when they were dating and everything, he respected her. No, like, I think, like, no car, like, they were not in a car ride together. Like, um, he wouldn't be in the same room with her. Like, Mm. he took her to church. Uh, I don't know. Like, they were just very old-fashioned. But it was so romantic and so cute. Mm. And I cried at the very end, and I asked Pastor Shiloh, why am I crying? This movie was the cheesiest movie I've ever seen. (laughs) I don't like movies like this, but why am I crying? And she's like, because you want that.
1: Aww. And I said,
3: I, I, you know what, I do. And I liked Andre at the time, and Andre was also part of the Young Adults, right? But, you know, he doesn't care. The whole time <laughs> the movie was playing, he was in the back with all the other guys oh just laughing gosh. about how dumb the movie was.
1: Sounds about right. Yeah. And so
3: then I remember I told Peelin you know, I really love this movie. Like, you know, she was working on me individually, not mm. in my courtship with him. But she knew my struggles with him. Oh, okay. And um, I did tell her, I was like, I really want that. Like, p the next guy I bring to you, like, let that be my standard. Mm. So she always held me to that. So every time mm-hmm. I, I would worry about, That's like,
1: really
3: um, I would worry about what other people were doing. And I'm like, they can't, they're going to a concert in L.A. together. Like, yeah. they're going to the beach together. And she's like... What did you want? What am I holding you accountable to, Mm. you know? And she could easily say, you could do that if you wanted to, but like, what are we working towards? And I'm so glad like I had her, you know, because again, she says like, if it were me, yeah, she always does that, right? (laughs) If it were me, but that's if it was, you know, that's if it's me. Yeah, And I'm glad she would do that because it would bring a different perspective. And you sometimes need that because again, courtship is very difficult, being traditional, I mean, untraditional, according to today's yeah, culture, Yeah, good th- point. it's extremely hard. And my family, when they were like, oh, you're dating someone? I was like, no, we're courting. And they're like, what does that mean? And I was like, that means that we're technically dating for marriage. Mm-hmm. And they're like, how do you know you're going to marry this person? And I was like, oh, because we're both working towards that right courting. now. That is, yeah. That's <laughs> called courting. <Yeah. laughs> and they're like, well, what if it doesn't work? And I said, well, then that means that the courtship did its job. Like, it's right. supposed to tell you if you're going to get married or not. And they would think it's the weirdest thing. And then when he would come over and he would leave, like they knew we were in the same car. Uh, if we would go somewhere, like we would have to have somebody else in the car. And they thought it was just extremely weird, super weird. Yeah. To the point that he didn't move into the house right till after we got married. Right. They still thought that was weird too.
1: Yeah, and that's, that's so good. Because I mean, I was your friend through that. So <laughs> I, rem- I do remember how, how difficult that was. and. I mean, um, you would be in the car with us. I think when I yeah. got proposed to you, you were in the backseat, remember? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> On the car <laughs> ride back home. They were talking, and I was like, la, la, la. I was like, this is so awkward. But, uh, and, you know, it's funny because I remember a couple years ago, I think it was, we were going through one of our cell groups here at church, and I remember I told the Lord, right, I was feeling like very, very, like today, very spicy when I was talking with the Lord, and I was like, when that time comes for me, I was like, I don't know. I don't know that I'm going to listen. <laughs> I was like, it's not fair. I was like, I'm a whole grown woman. I pay my own. <laughs> I, my I mean, car. I did too. I had my own apartment, No, know car. I had a big girl job.
3: Yeah, you did. You <laughs> did. I was like, I I really wanted that. I get it. Yeah, I get but it. I, no, I get
1: it. Right. So then I was, I remember I was talking to the Lord, right? And of course, Pelin wasn't in the room because there'd be a whole different tone if Pelin was in the room. And so then... All of a sudden, the Lord told me, he's like, Melissa, you act like these rules are set in place for to make it like difficult for you. He's like, well, you don't understand that these rules are set in place because they love you and they don't want to see you hurt. And so and I was like, when I realized that, you know, because I think a lot of us, a lot of girls out there, um, this may be our listeners or not, but in one way or another, we do have like father issues, right? Our parental mm-hmm. issues. And so then we don't know what it's like when somebody... Places those safety boundaries for us, because um, we think that it's controlling, or we think that it's, we think that the other person is not going to want to go through all of that. And so, but at the same time, like going through courtship or going through these things and understanding that the heart of the Father, because ultimately what our leadership does is displays the heart, displays the heart of the Father. Like, there's even a scripture in Song of Songs, which is one of the most romantic. Uh, books in the Bible, where even the psalm, like the psalmist, the Solomon, is writing, he says, "Daughters of Jerusalem, do not awaken, do not awaken love until it's so the right time." Mm-hmm. And I remember there was a season in my life where I prayed that like all the time because we tend to like get these ideas in our heads and we get to run away with these things when in reality, like the Bible says, like, "Don't stir this up until it's time." And what's crazy is like when that time comes like its it's the Lord that stirs it up, right, and so in doing that I've learned, and you guys can correct me if I'm wrong or tell me if you if this like relates to you, but now I'm at a at a place in my life where instead of praying, you know like those prayers like Lord, like um wanting to make somebody stay mm-hmm. the, quite the contrary. I'm like, Lord, if this person's not for me, let them go right mm-hmm. Kind of goes yeah. back to the story that you were sharing, like mm-hmm. because the moment that i'm afraid of losing somebody, then I already know that i put that, pla- that person in the wrong place in my life, especially during sense. courting, especially during dating. And so to me, that's why courting and dating is so important. Um, well, obviously the courting, not the dating. And the reason for that is because you allow people, the right people, because that's something that I, I can't emphasize enough, like inviting the right people into the courting process because there's other people who really just want to be entertained. And there's other people who aren't, uh, I remember Denise, like just a few weeks ago, she was like, look, you gotta see if you're going to allow people to speak into your life or you're going to have people to have any sort of influence, allow them, like, look at their fruit. If their life is not producing fruit, they're saying one thing, but they're doing a completely different thing. Um, then clearly those people are not to be trusted in this area. Right. And so then that to me speaks volumes because I'm like, wow, you know, we get so misguided by the world and its standards and all these things. But in reality, I think when you get to a place of really having that fear of the Lord, as Denise was saying, when you get to a place of understanding your own value and you get to a place of understanding even other people's value. I remember like a couple episodes ago, it's like, how do you keep your heart from getting bitter? It's like you pray for that person. Yeah. And then if that person is not for you, then it's not, um, it's, it's not a bad thing. And it doesn't mean that they're evil. Like one thing that Pastor Linda always tells me, she's like, look, If somebody rejects you, it just means that you're not their personal preference. Just like I have personal preferences, just the way that we all have personal preference. Like if I reject ice cream flavored vanilla, it doesn't mean that it's not good. It's just not my favorite, you know? And so if we can apply that to that, then we can apply that to this, right? And so coming back to this courting thing, which I know we're still scratching the surface, um, that's the point of it. And so that's the reason why you were able to endure what you endured with the courting because you understood that. It's better to have the sacrifice of that moment than have to, and have those consequences than wait five, six months down the road and pay those consequences yeah. that are filled with so much hurt and regret. And like I'm sure the people that you were looking at, I don't I'm sure now you look at it and you're just like, wow, like, I'm so grateful that I stuck to my own lane, you know. Um, Denise, you been awfully quiet. what do you What would you like to say?
2: Mm-hmm. What, well, I love that story. Yes, yeah, I've never heard that before, especially with the movie, right? But um, I think you really gave a beautiful description of the process, not only of courting, but the accountability of it. And one thing that I really love about Pastor Linda is that she holds us accountable to what we ask her to. It's not like this Mm -hmm. dictatorship or like, I'm going to tell you to do X, Y, and (laughs) Z Exactly. She is the most not, she does not micromanage at all. And that's what's so mind blowing to me. Right. But at the same time, she has such a love for people that she's like, okay, if you want to be held to that standard, like I'm going to remember that. And I'm going to allow you to get to your goal. And that's such a place of love. Yes. And I love what you said to um, Melissa, because as a parent, you know, I just had this conversation with my girls this week about, I have these rules for you because I love you guys. And and training that and helping them understand that is so imperative at such a young age, because you're right. We, us as women, when we're courting, we've been so tainted by society. We've been so tainted by men. We've been so tainted, not even just men, but relationships. We've been tainted by, like you said, um, past traumas, especially from parental wounds that it's, it's, you don't even know what healthy is. Yeah. So it's like, you know, having to redefine it, having to re uh, relearn it, having to just, you know, try to go through it, It's so hard, but, I love that as we're talking about it, we're allowing people to see what it can look like and it's obtainable. And what I love is that we have people on the panel that have walked through it and have done it. And it's like, okay, this person did it. It kind of goes back to the testimony you gave to kind of remember about that guy who's the life that they lived. And it's like, yeah, because we've lived that type of life. It's like, it's obtainable to you if you're willing to, you know, to want it.
1: Yes. Yeah. All right. So would you ladies like to add anything else? Oh, I think you guys covered a lot on that one. That was awesome. Yeah, yeah. and I think uh, just courting in itself, I know for sure there's parts of me that sometimes there has been a lot of confusion in it, right? Trying to like adapt a new character, a new way of doing things, and it's so hard. Yeah.
3: <laughs> i remember now um (laughs) she she did make a really good point and it was about how when you're courting how she's going to make sure that she asks those questions Mm. and she's like i know i must have upset you know us and then other people that she did it and she's like it's just because i want to give worst case scenarios yeah and i wanted to say that that helped us so much because there was we were constantly constantly talking to her i think I know according to, like, the people that in my sphere that were dating at the time, because it was, like, a lot of us that got married, right, around the same year. Um, I think I felt like we were always there, you know? <laughs> and then <laughs> um, and we were getting counseling, and I'm over here crying, and I remember Denise and... Um, you and your husband were on the other side, and I'm over here going through a whole counseling, and you guys were like, "Oh my gosh, don't look you know she's crying, and I'm over here going through a whole thing and i'm, I'm but I'm just so glad that there's a community that also knows that you're courting, so you're going through this process yeah. and they they come in when you like need it, you know, and I love that part, but I did love when she asked those questions because there was many times that we had to step away and it had andre thinking
1: mm.
3: like I remember she asked a question and you guys were just talking about it like a core value was family, right? Yeah. Well, for Andre, his family has been together, right? His parents. And he has never had anyone around his sphere that had separated parents. Mm. And so I'm sure his parents' dynamic to have, you know, new in-laws and they're separated, it might have brought like some concerns to them oh, okay. because they haven't met them yet.
1: Yeah.
3: And Andre, to be married, marrying me, he's marrying my family too, right? Because right? it's a package. Like they're part of me. Um, and so I remember P. Lynn asked us a question about family and if Andre is okay with the dynamic of my family. And it wasn't anything to like start up or trigger, but I remember she mentioned that like, and I felt kind of like exposed, like, mm. because it's not my fault who my family is. But she reassured oh, me, like, it's not, so it's not that, you know, it's, I want to make sure that he says all yes to all of this and doesn't just leave you in the limbo because of that. Yeah. And I remember that night he asked, he was like really thinking about it and It was a point that I, we were close. We were already engaged, Mm -hmm. right? Because we're doing um, our marriage. Premarital, yeah. And I remember I was in in the one, I really moved out of my apartment because we were about to buy a house. So I was at my grandparents. And I remember I was in the room and I'm like, okay, I have to be willing to give all this up. Mm. And I trust in you, God. And I really want him to make the decision because if he says yes to me, he's going to have to say yes to all my family. And I'm not going to be able to change it. And I'm okay with who my family is. And I know the dynamic that I have in my family, but I learned to love it and live with it. He has to also, right? And so I remember I was, you know, that song Waymaker just came out and I would blast it. And I told him, just please listen to this song. Because I know whatever concerns you have, God can get you through it. And I know God is working on my family. And I would love for you to join me in prayer for that. But if you can't and you can't accept them or this dynamic, like, I know you're not for me. That's okay. And it was honestly just months till we were gonna say yes, you know? And I remember I was praying and I was like, Like a hot mess that night. And I just kept talking to God, and God's like, just trust me. And I asked him, why are we together? Because I was already like, you know how you girls overanalyze things? And I'm like (laughs) analyzing every single thing. And then the next day, he's like, okay, I'm good. I talked to God, and I'm okay with it all. And I'm gonna say yes to everything. And now that he's with my family, like, he loves my family. He learns so much from each and every one of them. Um, my mom, she doesn't really speak English. He just, he tries to speak to her in only Spanish. Um, my dad's side of the family, he loves to learn things with them. Like, he's already texting them before he goes to the Thanksgiving dinner, right? Oh. And he's like, I'm, I'm on coffee. I'm wired up. Are y'all ready for this? <laughs> and, I, and I love that. And if I asked, I asked Andre two weeks ago, do you remember that time? I really want you to know that my faith was like, on a thin line, Mm -hmm. and I was holding on to it, and I was like, I'm ready to lose it all. And I told Andre, I remember that, because there's only those few moments that you're, you know, you're going to lose it all, and you're okay with it, Mm -hmm. because you're really, like, struggling with it. He's like, I don't remember that time at all.
1: (laughs) Oh, my God.
3: (laughs) So it goes to show you girls overanalyze situations. (laughs) Guys don't, but it's really crucial that she did ask those questions, because I wouldn't have been, like, okay, this is it. And she asked those questions that are definitely needed in marriage. And now it would have been a different case scenario if he's like, you know what, now that we're married on the other end, I don't know how I feel about your family dynamic, <laughs> you know? Right. Yeah. That would have been horrible. And I'm so glad she asked all those questions because now I'm going to be completely honest with you. If we go to Lin for a situation that we can't take care of, like, it's, it's very few. Yeah. Because we've mm-hmm. talked about so many scenarios, like I'm telling you guys. Week after, day after day, we would talk to her about different questions. Yeah. And it brought up a lot of good stuff. it's yeah. so, really good. Yeah. That really is good. I
2: love what you're, I think that is really yeah. important to add to a core value is to be mindful of if you're dating or not dating, mm-hmm. excuse me, if you're courting and you do come from a blended family, know that there is uh, additional things that th- th- yes. to be thought about, right? Um, because I too, my husband is, I'm on the other side. My husband actually comes from a blended family. So there was a lot of things that were brought upon that we had to ask questions that, you know, for example, you our kids have two grandmas, you yes. know, okay, are we calling them both grandmas? You know, so just little things of that nature or things to be mindful of to really think about adding on your core values list if it's something that you, if that's a dynamic that you're a part of.
1: Yeah, that's really good. Yes. And, um, thank you for sharing that. That yes. is so good. And I think that actually leads us really good to this next point where it says better alone than in bad company, right? Yeah. And, Obviously, I'm not saying that Andre in that moment was bad company, but it's still—if he would have said no, and you still would have continued to pursue something—that um, that makes me want to make two points. The first point is that then you would have had to make that decision. Am I okay? I would have with, said no. Right, yeah. right. Yeah. But in theory, right now the ball was back, would have been back in your court. Yeah. Right. And then the second thing is, I think getting to that place where you're willing to just like let it go, right? Let go, whatever, because you understand that it's not, that it might, it might be God's will, but it ended up not working out, right? And so that is so difficult. It goes back to the whole um, Abraham and Isaac thing where Abraham had Isaac and he had like the very promise that he longed for for so long. And then the Lord is like, hey, like bring him up to this mountain. You're going to sacrifice him and all these things. And then once he showed that he was willing to let go of the very thing that he desired the most, that's when the Lord came in and was like, "Um, you know, you don't have to do it. And then he provided another sacrifice. But it was that place of being willing to let it go that Abraham had a revelation of God that nobody else had. Abraham reasoned in his mind that God would be able to resurrect him, right? Would be able to resurrect Isaac. Why am I saying that? It's not a bunny trail. I promise. The reason why I'm saying that is because in those moments of sacrifice, in those moments of getting to a place where, you know, what, well, God, like this is all on you. Like my number one desire, which really ties even into her last piece of advice, which is like the person that you need to please first and foremost is God. Yeah. And so in that place, you get a new revelation of who God is, right? Because now I'm sure that strengthened your relationship with God, because now you're able to trust God in situations where you and Andre don't, probably see eye to eye, right? Where it's like, okay, like I'm going to the Lord first. One thing that Denise always um, like beats into me is pretty much like not being that nagging wife, right? And so how can you avoid that? You avoid that by taking, I mean, I'm not saying there's not a discussion, I'm sure, but like taking it up to the Lord, right? And Mm -hmm. so in that place, the Lord is able to work on both of your hearts, right? And so that's the reason why, because you know, one thing that I was asking myself is, why is it important for anybody to date somebody that serves the Lord? And of course we know that, right? Yeah. But when other people out in the world have had successful relationships, I guess, for whatever that means, like, how would you tell them it's more it's better with God? Like, and I think to me that's it, right? Where because it's the Lord, and I've mentioned this in other podcasts, where it's like the Lord has both of your interests in his heart. Yeah. And so when the third party, the three chords trend, has um, both of your hearts and minds, then you know that the situation is always going to be a (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) win-win-win, like the office, (laughs) (laughs) win-win-win. So yeah, and also something that you made me think about is like that scripture where it says like, would somebody start building a building without counting the cost first? And so a lot of people going back to waiting till after the marriage, where it's like, oh, we'll see how it happens. It's like, no, that's why P. does the nitty-gritty. That's why she said, my job is to try to break you up, right? because you have to count the cost before you enter into the marriage because a lot of people get married for the wedding day. They don't get married for the marriage. And so that's why I think she she hones that in so much, you know? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, better alone than being in bad company. Mm-hmm. Um, this next one, <laughs> the flirt to convert. <laughs> <laughs> that was so funny. This is, it's so funny because if you know P. Lynn, you know that this is a way to set her off <laughs> <laughs> yeah. talking about flirt to convert and all that good stuff so um one of the good points that she brought up was um the six month rule and I think we've seen that weed out a lot of mm-hmm. a lot of bad choices right so kind of anything you want to share with <laughs> us about that you've seen uh no no I uh it's just a
0: funny one because you're right that one roused my mom up because That's so funny even as a joke, it's just one of those things she gets annoyed with, I'm yeah. just like <laughs> really? You know, if, if I see, if I, I just make it a point to just tease her constantly. Of, you know, if I see somebody <laughs> like and I'm daughter. just like, I wonder if he's, you know, it doesn't matter. Flirts <laughs> convert, right? And then I just look at my mom and she's just giving me the death <laughs> stare, like <laughs> It's so funny. It's I just love to tease her about it, but um, no, it's an absolutely ridiculous concept. Um, it's the flirting to converting. The flirting to converting is a, rid- yeah. converting is a ridiculous <laughs> Let concept. Let me clarify yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Thank <laughs> you. Um, it is. It's just, I don't, I don't know. I just, well, let's get down to like the outside of the humor for a second. Um, right. We're called a disciple, right? Yes. And oftentimes the people you disciple are underneath you. Yes. And so why would you want to marry somebody underneath you?
1: Mm.
0: Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. And, and somebody that you have to build up in the faith. To meet your level, it's—I don't know—it's kind of a twisted concept, okay. in my opinion. You know, and, and when you kind of think of it in that terms of I brought them into the church, and then I just kind of threw them at the pastor and said, "Build them," you know—and <laughs> it, it too often I've seen it play out so horribly, where I've seen um, men and women going to church for the wrong reasons for that one guy for that one girl, yeah. um, and then when. They really start to get involved. And as we all know, that being a Christian doesn't make your life easier. Um, When they do get hit with those spiritual challenges and they do start getting tested, that's when things start to kind of flip-flop. And it goes back to if you're not standing on your core values, now you have feelings for this person. You've been dating this person for a while. Now their core values are flip-flopping. Are your core values going to flip-flop with them? Or are you just going to end up being heartbroken through that process? It's a whole mess. Um, My mom also said that it has worked. Yeah. I've seen it. I've seen it work. It, I have. I mean, it happened to me. I think we have two of them yeah, right here yeah. to success stories. <laughs> it has worked. You know, it's, it, it's, it definitely has worked. And in, in cases where it has worked, it's majorly, it's the men who lead the women into church. I've, I've seen some men come into church. But we in have, those situations, yeah. <laughs> even in those situations, though, most commonly I've seen men who follow women to church, but then they go, oh, wait, this is actually real. And this is really cool and then their mindset shifts and they don't actually look at the women anymore, they look at God. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, And so I'm not even I saying am. that.
2: Yeah, I've seen that. I, I think that's the key because, I mean, let's be honest, if we all heard my husband's podcast, he came because of me, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. But he said that the reason he stayed right. was because, I mean, I, let's be honest, at some point if he didn't have that encounter with the Lord, the foundation, was not solid. Yes. So either he would have been gone or I would have been gone. But because it was he had an encounter I mean, I had already had my personal encounter with the Lord at that time already. But because he had the personal encounter and he said it himself, that's what made him stay. Yeah. yeah. So I think I think I mean at the end of the day, like it leads down to people need to have that personal encounter yes. with the Lord because they have to serve the Lord because they have that that yearning to not because of another person.
1: Yeah, I completely agree with that. And it kind of goes back to what you were saying earlier about, like, the willing heart and, like, that genuine desire to seek God out for themselves, right? And that, you can't fake that. Like, yeah, you can. Yeah. You can, I think, the only reason why people, I think we ourselves fool ourselves, right? Where we're just like, oh, but, <laughs> but genuine relationship with God, like, that's something. Because even when people are failing if the relationship with God is, like, legit, then you can see the sorrow. You can see mm. the humility. You can see the, God, like, I really want to get better at that. You know what I mean? And so I personally, I think that's that's the major difference. It's, like, when people are able to have the willing heart but just have that encounter with, with the Lord for themselves. Like, I know with you, for example, you were already seeking God. Like Yes. You, and you just, you told us from the very beginning, like, that you were praying to God, and even though you hadn't come to church, a church yet, mm-hmm. you
3: were still seeking him out, right? And I was seeking a church. I was doing church on YouTube, and yeah. then I remember, I was working all Sundays. Yes. So Andre found out that I was looking for a church. So he said, we were just friends at the time, and he said, um, oh, well, why don't you just come to our church? And he didn't just invite me. He invited another girl who still goes to our church right now, too, and I worked with her. So we were both coming the same Sunday, but I remember Andre tried to link me up with Melissa because <laughs> oh gosh, obviously when you in, <laughs> when you invite somebody of the opposite sex, they're not, you know, you want to lean them on, like if Andre yeah. met a meet, push them to a woman, yeah. right? So then the woman can disciple the woman and the men can disciple the men, right? Yes. So Andre was like, Melissa, can you help me? Can you like, you know, grab Yesi and like make her feel comfortable? And then what was Melissa's response?
1: I'm going through my own crap. <laughs> <laughs> this was
3: like seven years ago okay <laughs> he was like can you not she was like can was you not so i'm going through was my own stuff So funny and i remember i saw her and i was like hi melissa and she just looks at me and goes hi and then she just walks away because she was going through her own stuff you could see it all over her yeah. face um but thankfully there was another friend lily and she was oh, like yes. come on let's go to the very front and worship and, to and to i was like oh my gosh cringe going <laughs> to the very front that's so scary but i remember i sat back there And I cried and I've never felt the love of God so heavy. And ever since then, I did have a crush on Andre, but I made sure I made it a point. I never sat next to anybody. I sat by myself and I made it a point. I didn't even talk to him on purpose. Mm -hmm. And I wanted it to be a point that I'm here for God because I wanted to prove it to myself because I knew that I wanted this more than anything. Yeah. 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 There you go, though. That's how you flirt to convert. That's the right way.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I like that. I think you made such a clear distinction with that where it's like, you know, I mean, I don't think Andre at that time was actually no, he pursuing you. No, he wasn't. But he still did the right thing where he's like, he connected. And I think that's the key. It's like you connect women to women and you connect men to men. And then let them build them up. Yes. Right? Let them, like, because out of there, it goes back to kind of like a a preemptive courting. Right? Because now other people are going to be able to see, hey, like, this person's genuine. Or yeah. this person shows up and they're just kind of like, bleh. You know, they're mm-hmm. kind of looking around. It's like all these things. So... It really goes into you really need a community of people in order to be able mm-hmm. to do life oh, for sure. Life and sometimes it's hard
0: to like I, identify your own faults, right? And I, it just made me think of there was a young lady I knew who was just in love with this guy, he was a church guy, but he was engaged to somebody else. Oh my god,
1: that's so <laughs>
0: Yeah, um, but um, but. Prior to him being engaged to this other girl, um, she was, she's like, I don't get it. I don't get why you fell in love with her. I was going to church, and I was worshiping God, and I was a good church girl, and I did everything, and I had a real relationship with God, and he still didn't fall in love with me.
1: Yeah. Um, that proves to me that you didn't, mm-hmm. girl. And that's, I, I,
0: I was honest. I was like, so where's your relationship with God now? And she's just like, it's not as strong as it was then because God didn't give me what I wanted. And I, I was, looked at her, and I was just like, "You don't hear that? Yeah,
1: like, <laughs> <You know? laughs> are we both in this are conversation? Are, are, you don't?"
0: It just broke my heart. And sometimes it's yeah. it is hard, though, because there, are, when you're so stuck in this, I know this is what God has for me, but really, it's just a prideful, fleshly desire. Um, it's so difficult to see your own faults. And again, it goes back to we need mentorship, we need yeah. accountability. You need people who you're gonna trust because. I can guarantee you if she had a mentor throughout that situation, she wouldn't have been confidently saying to a, a group of, we we're practically strangers, um, that the Lord didn't give her what he promised her. Oh. You know, and... Um,
1: Little Lord. Yeah. Little and uh, so I just, it, it,
0: it was it was one of those, you're, you're
1: kind of... I'll, I'll keep it at that. Yeah. <laughs> She's yeah. sweet. She's a sweet girl. She's learning. <laughs> yeah. No, I get that. Um, it's definitely really hard, but... It, you really have to seek the Lord for yourself. Yeah. And he'll test that. Yeah, oh, He'll test it. Yes, he, and he will. Did. Yeah, he did. Yes, I was actually did. just remembering because I actually came into the church because of a guy. And then I remember I was like, son, go so gun ho And um, I remember like months in, things went just weird. And now I'm the one that's serving God. And I don't know what's going on with him. But I did go through that. And I remember Pastor Adriana was like, yeah, I had to see if you were really about it. And she... Like, she didn't pursue me, Mm -hmm. right? She didn't try to convince me to Mm -hmm. stay. She didn't try to do any of that. She was like, no, like, if you want it, then you're going to fight to have it. Mm -hmm. And it was uncomfortable. Like, um, I'm sure you know how hard it is to come to a church because, like, um, where you're just by yourself. Like, that is really difficult because you're the one that has to make your space, right? And I'm not, and obviously people were inviting and welcomed you into their own families and stuff, but... Um, You know, and that's what I'm grateful for, Greater Works Christian Church. That's one of the things that kept me here was like that familial aspect where it's like, wow, like I've never experienced this before. And it's so amazing. But I still had to make myself a part of it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what makes it so difficult because a lot of people want other people to do all the work. Mm -hmm. Right. But in reality, like you have to seek things for yourself because at some point, If not, you become a socialist Christian (laughs) where you want everybody to come in and do all the work for you. When in reality, it's like, no, like you have to put in your work. You have to also show people that you have to reciprocate. Right. And so even in that, like I know with me um, and finding a partner, one of the things that even like Denise, you you do a lot for me, girl. Okay, girl. (laughs) Um, One of the things that she taught me and where I realized is like, okay, like. As a single woman, the first covenant, which is kind of like a contract that I have, is to the Lord, right? The second one is to my family. And then the second, well, and by family, I mean my church, (laughs) um, because that's just the way that I'm wired. And then the third one is everything else. And so then to me, I'm like, all right, the person that I end up with has to be a blessing to the people that are a blessing to me. If that person is not a blessing to the people around me, then they're not adding anything to my life. And what's gonna happen is that they're gonna separate me from the people that I love, right? Because if they can't come in and they can't plug themselves into an area that means the world to me, then that to me is already a red flag. Like I even had a friend um, who was in a terrible situation and I like, I was crying to the Lord because I already saw what, what was happening, right? Like the separation, the isolation, that's such a thing in the Hispanic culture where as soon as like women get a boyfriend or whatever, like all of a sudden it's just the boyfriend or all of a sudden it's just the girlfriend. And I'm not saying there's not a time for you guys to get to know each other and all that. Like, I'm not saying that it, there's not a proper timing, but when it comes so lopsided, then that's when it gets really toxic, right? Because yeah. then you lose your own identity. And so, especially when you're dating or courting, like, to to start off that fast, that's that's crazy. Like, that's obsession. That's lust, right? And it even brings me back to a conversation that Shekinah and I were having where In Christian circles, like, we're so weird sometimes. (laughs) We jump the gun way too fast, like, we do all these things, and so we're so hyper-focused, right, on this whole future spouse that when anybody comes into the picture, we already start putting that title of my future husband, my future girlfriend, I mean, my future wife. And so then you start doing things out of order. All of a sudden, because you see them as your future husband, you start acting like a wife. All of a sudden, because you see them as your future uh, wife, you already start acting like a husband it's like can you learn how to crawl first before you learn before you start walking before you start running take her out for coffee bro yeah (laughs) and it's it's so crazy because me honestly in the past like that has hurt me so much because i placed so much expectation on a person right and so where i've put myself in situations where i never should have been you know what i mean because i put like all these dreams and all these like i'm gonna call them hallucinations um, into this one person, when in reality that person wasn't asking to be put in that place, mm-hmm. and so as I've learned that now, as I'm getting like older and stuff, finally, <laughs> hallelujah, <laughs> wisdom kicked in. Um, I'm realizing, like, dude, um, I think taking things slow and learning their favorite coffee order. Like, yeah, yeah, get to
0: know. Like, like, yeah, it is okay to get to know this exactly. person, and I think when. The term dating and courting, a lot of people go, oh, I court. And then they immediately think we're right away going into that interview for marriage. Um, No, it's okay to to go out for coffee. It's okay to get to, are you somebody I want to court? (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's okay to have that stage. Um, It's still maintaining your boundaries, of course. But it's okay to get to know somebody. It's okay to take somebody out for a cup of coffee for, um, you know, I don't, wherever, Coffee's just kind of that casual yeah. meet and greet place. Yeah. But um. Yeah. But yeah, it's okay to get to know somebody. It, it's you don't have to immediately look at this person and have like that connection from across the room and just right. that holy spirit encounter. And that's my husband, and that's when I'm weird. Talk to him. It's, when you <laughs> it's really a
2: little weird. weird yeah. You know? yeah. <laughs> it's a I just, little can so I much, to much. Absolutely. That? Yes. Uh, the courting aspect, and um, one of the things that I really and it hopefully it ties it in, but the, I really learned about when you court is. Watch how they interact with others around you. Mm-hmm. Um, you can tell so much by a person with how they interact, how they plug in, how they make themselves useful, and how they make themselves available to other people. Mm. And one of the things that you said, Melissa, and I can honestly say this with full authority, is, okay, the person that I'm going to marry, how is this going to benefit? how is this? And this can be one of your core foundations, right, family. How are they going to benefit my family or whatever that definition of family looks like to you? I remember my brother, Angel, always prayed. My, my family always prayed for my spouse, and I think that's why I got blessed, because they did a lot of praying. <laughs> Was the pray. Ha- I want, whoever my sister's going to marry, they have to, I have to benefit out <laughs> of it. <Not> only, <laughs> that's my brother, Angel. He's a and, smart and one. And he would say the same thing for, I'm sorry?
3: I, no, I just said he's a smart one.
2: <laughs> yeah, and it did. My, my husband gave Angel one of his, like, you know, first jobs out of his school for less, and you know he's been a benefit to all of my friends i know melissa's been you know benefited from my husband and other people that i've mentored and and so to say that um to have that type of prayer i think is a valid one to see how my husband when he first started when i was with him and i started to see how he how he treated the people around me how he treated my friends how he was always serving not just me but my friends and I'm like, you have no business serving like everybody around me, but yet you do. But that's his heart. Yeah. And because I saw the serving heart that he had, I was like, man, like I can trust you with my heart because I see how you take care of everybody around you. Yeah. Um. So I feel like I can trust you to take care of even me. Yeah. So. I just wanted to add
1: that. That's really good. And you touched on a specific term, servant heart. And we're going to yes. have to dive into that one of these episodes because any successful relationship requires servant, yes. servant head. And it doesn't mean slave ship. Mm-mm. It's really like laying down your lives for one another. Right. So we can't wait to talk about that. I think that's going to be hot fire. So that um, I'm going to start wrapping it up here. And so the one thing that we did ask you was, you know, if you want to seek out mentorship, what do you do? And so I love that she kind of threw it back on the person seeking Mm -hmm. it, right? Where it's like, well, make sure that one, you're available and two, that you're willing to do the work. Because one thing about Pilen is that she's never done the work for me. (laughs) She's, I mean, she's gone through her own stuff and her own testimony, which I think in essence is the work for us, right? Because she's able to talk about out of a place of victory. But, um, I also had to be the one to seek out, right? I, We all, we all had to be the ones to be like, hey, mm-hmm. you know what? Like, I just got out of work. Like, can I please go and talk to you? Or can I do this? Can I do that? And that's with any person, right? Because people's time is valuable. Yeah. And as I mentioned before, like, time is currency. And so um, I loved her answer. Like, what do you, did you guys have anything you wanted to add to that? Like, Yessie, do you want to add on to that? No, I think that she gave a great response.
3: Um, Actually, I do want to add something. I feel like, me, myself, like, I give that advice to people, too. Like, you know, go, like, if you want to pursue, like, dating, like, courtship with somebody, like, go talk to P. Lynn about it and make sure, like, your re- relationship does get, like, um, Uh, mentored right and go through all the 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 things before you even go to premarital counseling because you know you want to get to know them and you want to start healthy boundaries and I feel like people say like yes 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 I love them and do it and I feel like they're scared about it
1: yeah
3: yeah because they're gonna have to do that work that's weird yeah which is so weird because it's like you want to like she does weed them out she weeds out and I think maybe people are scared about that too that they're gonna get weeded out you know yeah. That the guy's going to run away. But that's a good sign. Yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> or the girl runs away. You yeah, know? if they Absolutely. run away, then why do you want them? Yeah. It goes back to what you were saying. It's like, if this is too much for you to handle, then I'm sorry. Like, this is yeah. just the, the deal that comes along with, with, with all it is. Every person is a package deal. Figure yeah. out what comes along with that person.
0: Um, and decide right then and there, is this what I want to, you know, like with you, it's your family, right? With me, it's my family. Um, and every single person comes with stuff. And I, I, again, I have so many examples of this, you know, I've, I've, I've had friends who've dated guys and I had one uh, guy who said, um, she created this mentality of like the damsel in distress with their family. Right. Um, he came in as the rescuer, wanted to pull her away from her family. When he started to do that, Gross. she got upset. Well, that's my family. You can't pull me away. Ah. You, yeah. And, um, so it, it was a very toxic situation, but it, it just goes back to, I remember I was I was 15 at the time, and he was like 20, And it was, but it was like a close friend, so I took the phone and I was like, listen, buddy. <laughs> my friend is a package deal. You don't want her family. You don't want her. Like, And I remember saying that, and that's something that just came out. That had have been the Holy Spirit, because that stuck with me ever since then. Is if you don't want her family, if you don't want this, then you don't want her. You know, And um, that's just something that I've repeated to myself constantly, is that every person has baggage. Um, maybe baggage is the wrong term, but or it comes with stuff. Yeah. Figure out what it is. Including mm-hmm. yourself. Including yourself. Yeah. Absolutely. Don't just disc- exclude yourself from that. Figure out what it is and figure out, is that something I'm willing to move forward with?
3: Yeah. And yeah. then come around. Like, one thing, I think the the reason why Andre kind of got scared a little bit was just because I said, it's going to be hard. Christmas is, it's my yeah. mom's birthday. We're going to go here. Then we're going to go to my dad's. And then we're going to go to your parents. And he was like, I don't know if I'm ready for that. Like, mm. he thought it was going to be hard, but we've done it. And yeah. it's 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 fine. Enjoy. It's <laughs> <Yeah>. totally fine.
2: <laughs> yeah. So I remember, I, I just, I Go just want to add another thing. Cause I know this is something that Pilins taught me. And even as you courting, right. And we talking about family, you also have to be open to the idea that now when you get married and you have your children, now that's your family. Yes. Yeah. Yes, and, yes, yes, yes. and if you're a husband and you say, okay, we're not going to spend holidays with 30 different people when it's just going to be us. We have to be okay with that. And coming from a Hispanic culture, that is extremely difficult um, because you get, you know, you can already hear all the words that are being said, (laughs) right. But you, part of that family is learning how to become your own unit and establishing your own, um, if you want right I'm not saying you have right. to I'm just saying like if, if you if that's something that you guys are wanting to do is establish your own routine establish your own I, I love the story that your mom shared about Thanksgiving right like how at one point it was like you know what we're gonna have Thanksgiving at our house right you know your mom and your dad should kind of mean yeah. it's like whoever wants to come at that point can come so part of that family also not just means being included with them but also means branching out yes. right because that's what it says in the Bible yes. branching out and now creating your own family dynamic. Yes. And that's something that both you and your spouse have to also be okay with because that's also a possibility. Yes. Yeah. Yes. That's I love that
3: A-Rob actually says that even when he marries you. Like I remember he married us and he's like, now you guys are separated. You guys are no longer part <laughs> yeah. of your the, the family, which is good because, yeah, I mean, yeah. again, Hispanic culture, it can be very difficult.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And as we mentioned before, husband and wife, your, your first priority is your wife. Your first priority is your husband. Yeah. That's marriage. Um, and so when we talk about the importance as a family and are you okay with those traditions being implanted in your life, we're not saying that those things should be put above your spouse um, at all. Because once you're married, you've made that decision. You know, this, my spouse is my number one. Um, so that's why it's important before you married to mm-hmm. establish um, those boundaries and to have those conversations of, are you okay with my family being involved in my life the way that they're involved? Um, because once you're married, you've automatically said yes to all of that. Yeah, you know, um, and so that's my mom's. That's my mom's go-to. You've said yes yeah. to all that.
1: Yeah, it goes back to mm-hmm. what what we talked about in the interview, where it's like, if this is the way the person stays forever, like, mm-hmm. are you okay with that? Mm-hmm. Because that is what you're marrying, mm-hmm. and obviously, like you, as I said there too, you evolve together and you 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 shift, right? Uh, different seasons and different things, but um, yeah, it's like taking the person for where they are.
3: Yeah.
1: Um, okay, so last but not least. Um, her number one piece of advice which there really doesn't need to be much more commentary on this but that is the number one person you need to impress is the Lord I think this is one of the most freeing and one of the most sobering things that we could ever attach to our lives because it's not just in who you marry it's not in how you court how you raise your children it's everything it's every part of your life right Mm -hmm. and so Pilen you're a real one for that one you're a gangster like your, it's, it's also the
2: hardest I think you're yes. tested with that all the time oh yeah right because you can think that you have it all you can be like oh yeah I'm really doing this for the Lord and then you're put in a situation where you're afraid to say no to somebody because it's like oh, I don't want to hurt their feelings right or what are they going to think about me or this is not the way it's always been done or you know what I mean and yeah. then you realize like I'm not doing it for the Lord I'm doing it to please someone else yes that's true So I, I think that one by far till this personally till this day I still struggle with it and I know that's mm-hmm. your number one piece of advice and I continually have to be reminded of that. And I'm continually putting it in the forefront. If what is this decision, am I doing it with fear of the Lord or am I doing it with fear of man?
1: Right. That's true. Yeah.
2: And it's a celebrated so one.
1: Yeah, <laughs> it is. It's troubling for sure. I mean, if you can answer that question, then uh, truthfully and honestly, then I think you're in a really good place in life. Um, that's it. Um, that's it. P. thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, everybody else, for joining us. Like, We are really hoping that you got blessed by P. wisdom. We're sure that you did, but I'm sure you'll be hearing more from her. Um, She's awesome. She's amazing. You can find her at Greater Works Christian Church, Sundays, 1030 a.m. And last but not least, we do want to make an announcement. (laughs) (laughs) Um, The next In the Vine dating mixer is taking place February 10th. Just in time to find yourself a new boo for February 14th. Okay. (laughs) So make those reservations in faith, girl. Put it out there. Or man, put it out there. Um, Because he's coming on the 5 o'clock train. (laughs) I don't don't know where that came from, but it just makes sense. (laughs) Uh, You guys, if you could only hear the hot takes. What was that date again? February 10th and stay tuned because we're gonna have different age groups this time around. Yes, And we are changing um, just a few things. We're tweaking things a little bit. So it's just gonna be a lot of fun.
0: Yeah, we got a lot of great feedback from our last event. So we're happy to implement those
1: things. Yeah, all right. Thank you so much for tuning in. Remember to download the podcast. That's how RSS reads this. Um, so make sure you download the podcast. Make sure that you share it. Make sure that you like it. Make sure that you comment on it. Make sure that you blast it all over <laughs> social media. And as always, even though I haven't said it the past couple episodes, do not, no wait, pray, pray for you your single <laughs> friends. I was going to say, <laughs> oh I was going to say, do not forget. Okay. Um, <laughs> pray for your single friends because it's, out here. Yes. Okay, as yes. always, thank you for tuning in. Bye. Bye. Like, share, subscribe and download. <laughs> <laughs>